0: What's up, pals? And welcome back to The Passion Project. This week's going to be a little different because I wanted to share this really great interview that I did with my friend Trey Gonzalez from the All Sports Best podcast. So I was actually the one being interviewed in this episode but he posted it to his and I asked him if, you know, I could share it with my audience as well because I thought it could help you guys out. We talk all about my athletic career, how it plays into my professional success, Um, a little bit more on how I took off on TikTok as well. You know, he's on TikTok too. So we both kind of had that in common, trusting the process, self-discipline, decision-making, all the things. It's a really great interview and I thought you guys could get a lot out of it so i decided to share it on here definitely check out trey's podcast especially if you're into sports and i'll link all of his socials in the show notes so without further ado let's jump in
1: hello everybody and welcome to all sports best the podcast my name is trey gonzalez and today i have a very special guest she is a former athlete she is a current TikTok star, a verified YouTuber, and much, much more than that. Her name is Hallie Smith, and I'm, I'm very glad to have you on the show. Hallie, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great, besides having a little bit of a stuffy nose. Hopefully, that's not too distracting. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a great intro. Thanks, Trey. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So to give a background to those of you that are listening, uh, Hallie and I met on clubhouse i believe was the app i haven't been on it yes. in so long
2: but either we, yeah i, I so, deleted it off my phone
1: <laughs> exactly so did i because i that's why i didn't know what it was called again because i was looking back and i don't have it anymore <laughs> but clubhouse is like a it's like a way to connect via audio and so you get into these rooms and talk now they have them on twitter and different places but yeah so we mm-hmm. i saw a TikTok uh, room Dove into that. Hallie was in it. A couple of other people that I was able to meet were on it, and um, just kind of were able to connect and learn from each other. I learned a lot more from her than she um, had from me, but it was just cool to connect there. And then we had a collaboration on a video, and um, and so, anyways, that's oh, yeah. that's how we that know.
2: That was a fun. That was a fun collab.
1: That was. It was pretty cool. So, um, that was when you were in Ohio. Now you live in Florida. Yes. So in Florida now. yeah, so can you tell me about that move and maybe what went into that and, and how that was?
2: Yeah. So I have always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to live in Florida mm-hmm. just because I wanted to be somewhere where there was warm year round. I'm not the biggest fan of winter um, and now too with content creation, it, it, it got tricky to like come up with content ideas in the winter when you're limited to indoor spaces. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're going to freeze your hands off trying to record outside. No kidding. <laughs> um, right. But so that was a big driver behind it. My parents have a place in Sarasota, which is about an hour from where I'm at now. So I was down here visiting a lot, especially in the winter. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I move here? Like I saw an opportunity. My lease was up. I didn't really have anything tying me to Ohio because everything I do is remote. Being a content creator. And so I took that opportunity. I found a, an apartment in St. Pete, St. Petersburg. And yeah, that's where I'm at now. I'm loving it so far. It's definitely been an adjustment. Um, like I said, the stuffiness is because I'm adjusting to the allergies here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we're getting there. We're getting there.
1: So you're already a full-on local. You just called it St. Pete. Sounds like a nickname that yeah. you know, you've know you been there for a while.
2: <laughs> it. I think it's a pretty typical, um, abbreviation. (laughs) It's it's right outside of Tampa, St. Petersburg. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, Petersburg, just kind of long.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I got you. Okay. So Hallie, uh, I, I want to talk about your athletic self, the, the Mm -hmm. sports playing Hallie Smith that a lot of people don't know about. Um, could you tell me a little bit about her and maybe the sports that you played, the type of player that you were? Etc.
2: Yeah, for sure. Sports were a huge, huge part of my life. Like that was my thing. When I was when I was like younger, younger, I did dance, and then around middle school, I decided to commit to sports. And so from there, you know, I mean, sports was my life, my whole life. I did soccer when I was younger while I was doing dance, Mm. and then once I decided to commit to sports, I was doing basketball, basketball was my main one, and then track. But I also did volleyball for a couple years, and I did try cross country one year. Distance was not my favorite. Sure. (laughs) I was a sprinter. But I honestly feel like growing up in sports and, and the mindset that being on a team and you know, all the things you have to overcome as an athlete has so much contributed to what I do today. And I feel like a lot of the mindsets I developed as an athlete still hold me accountable to things that I do, you know, daily now.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a, a discipline thing for you more than anything.
2: Discipline. And this was actually, I, I, only been published one time but the the article ironically was about how my sports life ties into what i do now and mm. i think the discipline of it and then also the pushing the comfort zones because especially in track with these really difficult workouts it was all about pushing your comfort zone and getting comfortable being uncomfortable mm-hmm. is what my my one coach said to me that really inspired me it still holds true today so Whenever I feel like I'm stuck, um, whether it's creatively, or, you know, trying to figure out what what that next brand deal is going to be, or how I'm going to make, you know, my come up with my next project, it all comes down to I need to take a step out of my comfort zone when I'm feeling stuck. Yeah. And get get take another step to feel comfortable feeling uncomfortable because as you keep going up that ladder, you get comfortable with that previous step you took, and then it's time to take another
1: one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You have amassed over 1.2 million TikTok followers, um, mm-hmm. over 450,000 YouTube subscribers. You've been very successful on social media. And obviously um, that's kind of a segue into uh, being able to do content full time, right? This is, this is your right. job. This is what you do, correct? Yes. Okay. So with that being said, how would you say like a lot of people that watch your videos, a lot of people that um, just kind of either relate to you or just enjoy your content altogether can see that little bit of, I guess, vulnerability that, um, you know, not a lot of people like really think about when they think of, you know, she keeps growing. You have to kind of Mm -hmm. put yourself out there and, and Sometimes videos don't do as well or they blow up and do really well. But there's that mindset of, I have to be uncomfortable also.
2: Yes. And it also boils down to falling in love with the process instead of the end goal. Mm. I, for a while, especially like when I was blowing up on TikTok, the videos were just almost guaranteed to get hundreds of thousands or millions of views. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, I got used to that. But that was the wave of TikTok. That's just how it was. People were blowing up. TikTok was pushing creators. There weren't as many people on the platform. And so when I started to hit this lull of my videos getting less views slowly, there being more and more competition on TikTok. I was constantly beating myself up about how, you know, what am I doing wrong? Why why are my videos not performing well? And I was just I realized I was so focused on the end goal, that it was making me hate what I was doing. Mm. And so I kind of went through this process and it's something I still have to practice. And again, I think this ties into sports too, like falling in love with the process of the workouts and what you have to do to get to that, that end goal, what gets you on the podium, what gets you to the state championship, whatever it may be. Sure. Um. I, I feel like I lost the train thought I was exactly on, but, just making sure you're you're falling in love with that process mm-hmm. and not hating it because you're only envisioning this big shiny goal. You don't know what's going to happen, and you can't always control the outcome, but you can control the work you're putting in.
1: Sure. Um, my wife and I started doing TikTok, I want to say it was about two and a half years ago. And yeah, things
2: probably about the same time I started.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously a lot different numbers. you're doing a, a lot no, you guys more. are
2: crushing it too though. don't sell yourself short. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um,
1: but I think that there's a little bit of a difference between us and yourself. Mm-hmm. and I wanted to kind of talk about that little bit of a, a change, I guess. Um, whenever yeah. we are really busy um, with just our everyday lives um, you know, or, just ideas aren't coming to us. We, we just kind of take breaks. And I hate to say it because I know that everybody says, post every day, keep going, keep going, keep going. And sometimes we're just yeah. like, you know, what, we're exhausted. We can't. But you're a full-time creator. You don't get that kind of chance or or do you ever take breaks?
2: I used to not. <laughs> so, And it was detrimental. Like I said, I, I talked about this in my first podcast episode because I actually just started a podcast called The Passion Project. The Passion
1: Project. Um, plug it, plug it. Tell us where. Yes,
2: Plug it. The Passion Project um on it, the The Passion Project with Hallie Smith. There were actually a bunch of other Passion Project podcasts, but you know, this was a name that was important to me because I did this on YouTube a while ago. That's a okay. whole nother story for another day. But um you can find it on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts and also on uh, YouTube. There's a video version. Perfect. Um uh, but anyways, Where was I going with
1: that? Uh, (laughs) Talking about breaks and just being able to kind of take mental breaks.
2: Yes. What I talked about on on that first episode was when I hit my my point of total burnout, I was literally going 24-7. And to be honest with you, Clubhouse made it worse because Mm. everybody on Clubhouse, you remember, was hustle, hustle, hustle. You should be on Clubhouse 24-7. You should be posting five times a day. And I was just driving myself insane. Like I was in a constant state of fight or flight and mm. it eventually led to me having a panic attack, which was like something I'd never experienced before. I didn't know what it was in the moment. Like I just thought I was dying. <laughs> and then wow. um, it was pretty scary. But after that, I was like, okay, something's got to change. Number one, my physical health is at jeopardy right now, let alone my mental health is yeah. clearly not in a good place. So when I hit that point, I was like, okay, what? How? I need to. I need to fall back in love with the process. I need to stop, you know, driving myself into the ground. And because it's, you know, as a creator, if I'm not okay, I can't create content. Right. So, I don't think I took a break right after that. Actually, <laughs> you're like, you know but what? You I get started it. Thinking, yeah, I started thinking I do need to take breaks. Mm-hmm. And now I've actually scaled back to posting four to five times a week okay. because that allows me to have those breaks and it allows me to focus on other things like the podcast, like, um, you know, any other business ventures. And it gives me time to think. My dad actually brought to my attention that I think he could tell that I was just doing, 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 and I was just putting things on my plate and I wasn't thinking. Mm. He was like, just take a step back. He's like, I forget what what the exact percentage, but he was like, more of your week needs to be dedicated to thinking than doing so that the things you're doing are actually moving the needle and getting stuff done for you. Mm. So, you know, that's kind of how I started to avoid driving myself into the ground because I don't want to be doing things that are just doing, you know, like they're not actually doing anything. It's just making me feel productive.
1: Yeah. Do you use, I mean, this is a big tool that a lot of people talk about um, in terms of kind of like using thoughts and and helping drive where your actions go. Do you use lists or agendas or calendars to help you kind of go, okay, this is what my day is going to look like. (laughs) So I'm more comfortable with it.
2: Yes. I live by my calendar. So Mm -hmm. I put everything in it. And I, like I said, I can get kind of scatterbrained if I don't. So the littlest things, if I'm going to hang out with my friend, I put it in my calendar. Mm -hmm. Or if I want to reach out to somebody on their birthday, I put it on on my calendars just so I don't forget because I know I look at it every day and I know it's a reliable place um, for me. So I pretty much block out my days and I've noticed that I go in this cycle where I do start to fall back into that pattern of just making myself busy and so i always have to kind of take this step back and be like what are my top 3 to 5 things i'm going to get done this day instead of just being task 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 yeah and it makes me feel more productive those days that i'm really successful with it just because not even not even productive more grounded and like i've actually made you know taken a significant step in like towards my goals when mm. i can dial in and do less but it's more focused action.
1: Do you block off? Like, let's just, I'm going to relax right here. Or, you know, (laughs) this is where I'm going to head to the beach now or whatever.
2: I should, those are where I I should plan that in Mm -hmm. because it would probably make me, make me take more, uh, strategic breaks, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, I don't do that right now. I mean, kind of, if I'm like, Hey, I'm taking this day off. I just, put block the day off, but yeah, I probably could get more specific with that.
1: So you're your own boss, right? So you can say I'm taking a three day, I'm yes. taking a four day weekend.
2: Right. Yeah. Which I almost feel like sometimes is harder because then I feel when, when you're, when someone else is your boss, you're, you're accountable to them and it's like almost on them if things don't get done so when you're you're your own boss i'm constantly well i'm working on getting better at it but i'm thinking like what could have i been doing right now like Mm -hmm. am i getting behind by taking this break so there's that extra layer of having to get yourself to relax when you are taking those breaks so it's an actual break and not just a, a thinking about everything break
1: yeah what did your so when you go from, which actually I haven't even asked you this, what did you do as your job before you became a full-time creator? Or was that kind of something that just started right out of college?
2: Mm -hmm. It was, it kind of started right out of college. So I graduated in December, 2019 and I had been doing freelance graphic design because my degree was in marketing and graphic design. Mm. So, a couple of the internships and people I'd worked with and people I'd met just from networking in college had become freelance clients. And when I graduated, there were no corporate jobs that interested me. Um, and so I was like, well, I guess I can just keep freelancing. It was enough to get me by <laughs> at the time. But then when the pandemic hit, that pretty much went to crap. There was no more clients that wanted to pay for you know extra help when they're like, what's happening in the world? <laughs>
1: wow. Yeah.
2: Um. So, I was kind of at a point where I was like, "What am I going to do next? Like, do I get a corporate job? Do I? I don't know. Keep freelancing, trying to find more clients." And that's actually when I started posting consistently on YouTube. I was posting YouTube videos, like I said, the passion project is what I called them, and that's why I wanted to name my podcast the Passion Project.
0: Mm. It's, it's close to your heart. The same
2: concept yeah yeah and i looked back on those videos after blowing up after my accounts blew up and i was like that was such a cool concept and and really what it was was uh taking people on a mission with me where we're like learning growing together and figuring out you know how can you pursue your passion project and make it be in alignment with your life and figure out what you actually want to do because i didn't know what i wanted to do at the time so Mm -hmm. That's how that started. And then um, from there, I decided to start my own business, Halley Media and Design LLC, which was where I was once I started that, I was just taking any creative project I could get, whether it was photography, social media management, content creation for businesses. And in the midst of that is when my account took off. Mm. So I guess you could say I've always been a full-time content creator, but it, I didn't really know I was a content creator. I just thought I was a freelancer.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I think that's really, like, I don't think you had to really, I mean, I don't know, you can tell me, explain to mm-hmm. your family, like, hey, I'm going to stop my job and I'm going to do yeah. this. <laughs> like, a lot of people have the problem with that, you know, just like having to explain right. to their family. So how, how does your family factor into the support system that you Um, have now and maybe had when you were transitioning from college?
2: Yeah. So they've, they've always been super supportive. There was a period where when I was first blowing up, I wasn't really aligned. I was working with people that really didn't align with who I was. And so as a result, you know, you're the sum of the five people you spend most of your time with. I wasn't being myself. And so in that time, they kind of pulled away and I felt like they weren't supporting me. And in hindsight, you know, it was my own fault. But at the in the moment, I was just like, oh, they're just not supporting me. Right. Mm-hmm. But I know why now I don't blame them, honestly. So ever since I started, you know, being myself more showing up as I would, they're so, so supportive. And I'm lucky because my dad's an entrepreneur, entrepreneurship runs in my family, so they get it. And you know, they know the struggles of being an entrepreneur. It's not like they're like, Oh, come on. You're going to like go broke. They, they get that. You have to kind of take that risk yeah, if you want to go that route. So yeah, they're so supportive now. They're always cheering on my brand deals. I think my dad watches every video I post.
1: That's awesome. Um,
2: so it's really, yeah, I love it. I couldn't do it without their support for sure.
1: It's a big deal for sure. I wanted to kind of go into some of your concepts for your videos. You have some really cool concepts. Um, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of content creators out there that post and post and post. Um, and sometimes it's like, "Mm, well, this video is okay or whatever. I feel like your videos, they have a theme to them. They're always really Mm -hmm. well lit. It's, it's, it's appealing to, you know, visually appealing just, I guess Mm -hmm. the way that you video them, the places that you go have a lot of color to them. Um, and you use colors as a concept as well, right? You you do correlating yeah. your outfits to food and and drinks and smoothies and all of that stuff. Where did that come from?
2: Well, I feel like I've always been a very colorful person. I guess to say, <laughs> like I've always just loved colors and mm-hmm. like all kinds of stuff. Uh, so I think that honestly, just being myself and doing like following my intuition on what I want to be creating just attracts those things because Mm -hmm. it's naturally what I'm attracted to, what I like to do, um, what catches my attention. But I always intentionally try to add in a challenge or something that's going to keep people wanting to be engaged. It's almost the element of surprise in my videos. Yeah. I noticed that with, the name spelling videos, like going to Starbucks and Dunkin until they can spell my name right, Mm -hmm. it's always the element of not knowing how the video is going to end. I think that keeps people watching. And so. Being able to carry that concept over into outfit inspired drinks, uh, doing the farmers market one color challenges, Mm -hmm. I think it's, it adds an element of entertainment to lifestyle content. So sometimes when people ask me like, what kind of content do you, do? I'm like, uh oh, I call it entertainment lifestyle because <laughs> it's yeah. a mix of the two. Like I wouldn't say it's straight lifestyle where I'm like, okay, buy this food, do this. I'm just like kind of trying to entertain you while showing you what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. Make your life fun. And I've, I've, I've heard this thing and I think it's, I think it's something along the lines of like um, make your life fun a drama or what is it? It's like, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> dang it. I forget what it's called, but basically where everything in your life you romanticize it. Right. So where you Yes,
2: romantic. Yeah. Yeah. Romanticizing your
1: life. So I feel like that's kind of like if I were to just meet you in person, I'd, I'd feel like I was mm-hmm. in a video. That's kind of what your right. videos make me, you know what I mean? That's what your videos make yeah. your followers think.
2: Okay. Yeah. I love, I love that it's funny because a lot of times when people meet me in person they're like you're so much quieter than i thought in
0: your
2: videos (laughs) i honestly am pretty quiet but like i bring out that that brighter louder more energized side of me in my videos Mm -hmm. like that's still me i'm just sometimes i'm a lot i'm quiet
1: (laughs) you're charging up for the videos
2: right exactly i'm charging (laughs) (laughs) we all have to charge
1: yeah exactly um I like that you said that you like to keep people wondering. I feel like that's a huge part of, I guess, if you were to give or maybe a piece of advice to people listening that go, I want to kind of do content creation and stuff like that. It's not just this was funny or this was really cool, but it's also like how do you keep people from knowing the end result right away? And that probably Mm -hmm. also factors into your captions too because I see – your on-screen titles and your captions they always kind of they don't ever give anything away other than you know oh these are yeah. the colors we're using today um it's always like right. yeah you don't know the end result yet
2: yeah so i kinda struggled with that at first because i a lot of times i love the mix of uncertainty and planning like i said I plan to stay organized, but I honestly am like an adventurous person. So I don't like to have no like this perfectly set out plan for the future. Mm-hmm. So I found myself trying to over plan my videos, but then I realized I had to tap into that side of myself that's just like experience what happened, like plan a little bit before. Like I know the concept, I know I'm going to do only one color, but then go do the video, let whatever happens happen. You don't know what's going to happen, just let it happen, capture it. And then come back and figure out how okay how does this storyline play into what i was originally going for mm-hmm. so the biggest piece of advice i would say is it all boils down to crafting a story and like like we were talking about that element of uncertainty so what's going to keep people watching to the end yeah. everybody's content's different not everyone's going to have this big reveal then i don't know i don't even know if i do that but if you have a story, it's going to keep people watching because they want to know what happens next, like anything.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. I agree. Uh, I want to know because I'm I'm actually drinking I, I don't ever really drink coffee, but I'm drinking <laughs> coffee for this podcast specifically. Did uh, I inspire you to you, drink coffee? <laughs> you inspired me, number one. And number two, uh, KK made it for me this morning. So I was like, of course I'm going to Ah, yes. Yeah, so it was a mixture. Of
2: course you have to. KK yeah, made
1: it. Exactly. Um, so I want to know, how many coffee shops have you been to? Um, and before you answer that, a backstory for, for the people that are listening. If you haven't seen Hallie's videos, a lot of what she – Um, a lot of her video concepts come from, like we talked about uncertainty. And one of those is baristas guessing how to spell her name on the drinks and everybody, even if your name is John, you've probably had somebody misspell your name in, in -hmm. coffee shops. Um, but yeah, how many coffee shops have you been to, um, not just recording, but also just in life? I'd have to say it'd have to be a pretty big number. (laughs)
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I wish I tracked it. (laughs) (laughs) But if I were to backtrack a little, um, when I did video wise, I know I went to 18 through my Guessing How to Spell My Name series, just Starbucks and Dunkin'. And then I did it again in a long form video where I went to 18 in one day. That was intense. Dang. Um, And then, honestly, I work in terms of not the ones that I don't record. I go to coffee shops to do to work a lot of times because mm-hmm. I being self employed working from home, it can get like lonely and you just I'm not motivated when I'm by myself. So sometimes just being in an environment where there's people just around you helps me stay focused and motivated.
1: Wow. I um, think that's so a really good piece of I, advice too. I,
2: I honestly don't think I can give you a number, but you can imagine it's it's a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I know you said you went long form for the for the 18 coffee shops. I've seen you do a lot of different things. I don't ever I always see your hands, both of them. So who mm-hmm. is your videographer or is it just a mixture of different people?
2: It's a it's a big mixture. It's, okay. A lot of times I kind of got I had to get good at filming some on my own, because sometimes I do film them myself. Like, I just flip back and forth. I'll do the front camera. I'll say something, quickly flip it, record what's happening. And when I edit, I kind of overlay them a little bit. But a lot of times what I do is I'll collab with other creators. That's the best way to do it, because I don't necessarily have the budget right now to hire a full-time videographer, although I have for paid deals before. just hired a videographer to get some really good shots. Yeah. But usually I'll collab with another creator. I film for them. They film for me and we're, we're good to go.
1: Would you ever be a friend? Okay. Yeah. Would you ever be interested in the side hustle or full-time gig of narration? I noticed that a lot of your videos now Mm -hmm. have yourself narrating. It's like post-production narrations. Um, would you be interested in that? Is that something that you really enjoy or something that came from necessity?
2: You know i've never really thought about that um i do enjoy actually ironically with starting the podcast and everything my big my big uh i don't know goal i guess of 2022 has been to get over the fear of using my voice Mm. which i think that that all boils down to that like it can come with singing and and talking on a podcast sharing your opinions uh, I think that it's really powerful, like your voice. Like I feel like I'm the most confident when I talk and I'm not quiet. Okay. So I I don't know necessarily if it was some, it's something I would want to do full time, but I do enjoy adding the voiceovers to my podcast mm-hmm. or podcast videos. So uh, I would say I would like it. Being multi-passionate, I feel like I could like anything
1: else. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just think it's funny because a lot, if you watch a movie and you're just an, you're just enjoying the movie or you're just enjoying a video Mm -hmm. um, when people are thinking and you hear their voice, you just kind of, you just think, okay, they're thinking, but you don't think about, well, they had to record all of this. They had to come up with the concept, write it, all of that stuff. And then they had to Mm -hmm. go in and make sure that those pauses were long enough for them to put this, you know, you have to plan that out. It's a, it's a full production sometimes.
2: Yeah, and one of the interesting things I've learned, like I've talked to a couple of voice actors randomly here and there. Mm. There's so much that goes into your voice. It's it's insane. Like and I notice it in my videos. A lot of times when I'm just talking normal, my voice is a little deeper, but when I record my podcast or I keep saying podcast, when I record my voiceovers, <laughs> Plug. I, I, it's like it's just in my head. <laughs> um when I record my voiceovers, I talk faster mm. and a lot of times it comes out as a more high pitched voice. So I'll be like um i'm trying to think of one i woke up and realized that oh, like yeah. i just talk higher like up upbeat
1: <laughs> yeah
2: and i noticed that there's all these different inflections that you can put in your voice and it makes the vibe of the video different it's mm-hmm. so cool like you can go it so deep into it but it's interesting
1: yeah that's that's a rabbit hole for sure You will have to you'll have to explain it all on your podcast
2: <laughs> yeah i should that's,
1: that's an episode i'm looking forward to for sure
2: okay okay voice acting i'll do a little (laughs) more research
1: (laughs) um all right so hallie i've seen a few things um dunkin donuts like rewarded you for all that you did Mm -hmm. basically for i mean come on you've got so many followers that obviously um you know you're you're exposing them even though you know even if it was natural or organic eventually it does kind of turn into in a in a sense like some type of advertising for them um and Mm -hmm. then they sent you a care package and I'm not sure, you know, if there was a brand deal in, um, included in that. But I kind of wanted mm-hmm. to talk about brand deals and all that stuff. What are some of the cooler things that you've received in in terms of maybe gifts or just kind of like packages from from brands? Mm-hmm.
2: Duncan, that was a pretty cool package to get. Uh, I actually never had a paid deal with them. There was actually mm. a little bit of. I don't want to say drama, but they stole my content one time and didn't even credit me. So I really? kind of reached out to them like copyright concern. And they were just like kind of blew me off and wow. didn't even care. Um, so, yeah, that was a little annoying, but I really appreciated the package. It was so cool. Um, and that was actually the video I made with that was my most viral video ever. It was oh. like a balloon for, for anyone that has, doesn't know or hasn't seen the video. They sent me this box. Well, they actually sent me two things. The first one was a shirt that said Hallie runs on Duncan. and then the second one was to promote their popping boba. And so they sent me a box with a balloon in it, and the balloon had confetti and a note in it that said "Popping is dropping." Wow. So that was that was cool. Unboxing the pop, it, the balloon, and popping it, and like telling like everyone again the element of surprise. No one knew it was in the box. I didn't even know it was in the box.
0: Yeah, so I actually really cool.
2: lived that excitement out myself and captured it. Um, I'm trying to think of what are some other cool things I've gotten.
1: I've i don't know, I bars just bars love... and stuff like that, right? Like protein bars.
2: Yeah there, yeah, there was a brand. They're actually local to Cleveland called Wodo. I worked with them on more of a consistent basis. But um, they're cookie dough bars. They're vegan. They're so good. Okay. Not even that they're vegan, like I'm not vegan, but the cookie dough bars are so good. And they're relatively, you know, they're better for you than like a candy bar. Mm-hmm. And if you have a sweet tooth, like me, <laughs> it was perfect.
1: <laughs> so can you, would you be willing to dive into a little bit more, I guess? I, I don't know if this, the Dunkin' Donuts drama, I guess. I mean, so when you mm-hmm. when you make a video it's to not necessarily benefit you, but it goes on your page. And if somebody wants to use it, they typically reach out and say, Hey, we would like to use this. Do you give us permission? Or what would it take? And that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've dealt with that tons and tons. Um, they never reached out.
2: No, they, the, the crazy, actually the thing that made it worse was that we, they had, they had reached out after the first care package about, doing an official partnership where I where I could get paid. So I was like really excited about it and I was really really trying and like pushing like the dunkin content and putting so much effort into the videos. And I think they saw that. Like they clearly liked my content that they they took it and used it on their own page. And so I you know I thought we were we were on good terms and so when I saw that they used the video without tagging me or even telling me, I found it like a month and a half after they did it. Oh, so I was like, "Oh, nice." <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> Thanks.
2: Yeah, thank you, thank you for that. It was kind of a it was a compilation of all of the creators they sent the popping boba box to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of their argument. They're like, "Oh, it wasn't even the full video, like blah blah." blah. And I'm like, I get that, but it's still not a good move on your part. Like that wasn't good,
1: right? You no, kinda, absolutely.
2: Like not even to me, but like to the other creators in i i looked up i looked up all their pages and it, you know it didn't look like they did top paid deals with it with them either yeah so i mean it's whatever but i i tried not to hold it against duncan because it's such a big brand i think it was just the team the social media team that was on that project just didn't handle it the best
1: yeah there's so many like moving parts in a big company like that that it's yeah like i i get what you're saying there's it's hard to blame the whole company but yeah. yeah. It stinks when I you...
2: wanted to at first. I was like, yeah. no more Duncan videos ever again.
1: <laughs> You're gonna call them out on your videos and make it <laughs> Right. <laughs> bigger. Like drama. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have more loyalty to other coffee shops now, or is it kind of just like, okay, I-, I get it. It's okay.
2: Especially around that time, I kind of realized how can I start incorporating local Places Because mm-hmm. the big one like Starbucks, Dunkin', it's great, it's going to get you a lot of views, but they get so many views. Like, how can I translate some of those views to more local places, more local coffee shops, local food? And that's kind of where I saw a big opportunity with the drinks inspired by my outfit video, because that concept of uncertainty, it can bring those higher views. Like, a, it can reach a wider audience. You don't have to know the coffee shop. Yeah. but it still gets the video out there and showcases the smaller places.
1: Yeah, no um, doubt.
2: So I think that's been pretty cool. I actually did one um, where this new series I've been testing out, like letting strangers pick where I eat.
1: Mm-hmm. I did yeah.
2: it at this grilled cheese shop and they DM'd me on Instagram and they're like, Oh my gosh, we're getting hits left and right. I think like from your video potentially, like thank you so much. Cause I post." You know, I just made the video and I usually post it to Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And the YouTube one's at probably 450 thousand views right now. Wow. So it's really cool to hear that those videos are having an impact for those brands. And it also, I think, helps obviously with brand deals because, like, look, it actually does make a difference.
1: Yeah, because I mean, you can pay somebody to do something and they do it like without authenticity, and mm-hmm. it just doesn't do very yeah. well you just kind of wasted your right. money. Yeah. So they know when they go to you that it's going to actually be effective. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's, that's really the hardest thing with brand deals is because I could get an offer that's for a lot of money, but I'm like, what is this brand? Like I would never use this. Mm-hmm. And so it's being full time and like relying on that income. It's really hard sometimes to turn those down because I'm like, oh, I like need the money, but sure. just, I can't. I can't like that. Wouldn't be true to my brand, and like I would. I wouldn't want to create the content. I wouldn't be excited about it. So it just wouldn't be the same vibe.
1: Yeah, being selective is pretty important. It really is because mm-hmm. if somebody's watching your video and going, "Wait, what? This doesn't really go with right. it." I thought that it was really cool. The like you said, the Wodo um, videos because it really did go with what you do. You like sweets, you like to try things out, Mm -hmm. you were baking them. And so that was really cool because it didn't feel, I mean, I, you can go down into the caption and see that it maybe said ad or Mm -hmm. sponsored or something like that, but, but you almost watch the, it's so rare to watch the whole video and then realize it was an ad because Mm -hmm. typically it's like very obvious from the get go. Yours never felt like that.
2: Right, yeah. The cool thing with Wodo was that they were really laid back um, about how I created the content. They were literally just like, "Make whatever you want,"
1: because yeah. a lot of
2: brands will say, "Don't have any logos in there," "Don't have," which is fine. I get every every campaign's different,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but for this, I was able to do the Starbucks videos and incorporate Wodo, or I was able to do a Target skit but incorporate Wodo. Yeah. Cause they didn't care if target was in there cause they knew that name was what was going to get the video views and get their product in front of more people.
1: Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. All right, Hallie, I wanted to, before we go, I got a couple more questions for you. Um, mm-hmm. one of which is one more time, where can we find your podcast? What's it called for the listeners? And, um, and when can we expect these episodes to drop? each week? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, so my podcast is called The Passion Project with Hallie Smith. My name is spelled H-A-L-L-E-E. As you as you heard, the the name spelling is always an issue. (laughs) Um, But it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and YouTube. There's a video version so you can find it by going to The Passion Project or just by finding me on any social platforms. It'll be linked everywhere. I'm going to be talking about it all the time. Um, My handle everywhere is at Hallie, H-A-L-L-E-E underscore Smith. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I'll be talking about the podcast and anything else I have going on in the future.
1: Perfect. Um, Hallie, do you ever get worried that somebody's going to just – that baristas are just going to start spelling your name correctly from now on because they (laughs) see your videos so much?
2: (laughs) Well, so I actually kind of laid the Starbucks and Dunkin' series to rest, if you will, okay. with my, when I did the long form version, I went to 18 in one day. And actually the craziest part about it, I'm I'm going to give you guys a spoiler of the video, is Uh-oh. the very last place I went, and I swear this was not staged, I was like, everyone's going to think this is staged. The last place I went actually guessed my name right. Oh. Like the first time ever, because I did videos where they guessed it right because I wanted them to, and so I gave them a hint. Mm. But this was the very first time in this long form video that they actually spelled it right without a hint. And as far as I know, I don't think she knew who I was. Wow. Um. So now sometimes, as just a little, a little side joke to the people that get it, in my other videos I'll put, "Oh my gosh, look, they spelled my name right," or like, "Oh, they spelled my name wrong."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, um, I think in the uh, it's still tied back. Bar-
1: it's like a, yeah, co- it's like a yeah. stand up comedian bringing it full circle. You're, you're doing that in yeah. a subtle way. Easter eggs.
2: Yeah. It's like an, it's like, yeah, it's like the inside joke with the people who have been around and, and it almost makes people want to go back and watch those videos so that they get it.
1: That's so cool. All right. So my last question for you is if you could tell yourself something five years ago, what would it be? Something that you maybe know now or experienced mm-hmm. or just have grown from what would you tell yourself mm-hmm. f- five years ago?
2: Oh, that is a really good question. I would tell myself, um, to just trust myself and to follow my intuition. I will say three things, trust myself, follow my intuition and just deep breath. It's all going to be okay. Cause mm-hmm. I've always been someone who's like, perfectionist, go, 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 got it. Everything has to be perfect. Um, And I think in a lot of ways it's contributed to success, but it's also contributed to a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. So just taking that deep breaths, trusting the process and trusting myself.
1: Do you think that five years ago, you would have heard that and taken that advice?
2: I think, oh, that was a good question. (laughs) I think I would have tried to, I've noticed a lot of times you'll hear advice and you're like, yeah, that's good advice. I want to do that. But like, how can I actually live that advice? Mm -hmm. Um, so I think I would have heard it and take it into consideration, but I think it still would have taken me time to actually do it.
1: Makes sense. Awesome. Hallie Smith, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Hallie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. I look forward to listening to your uh, podcast as it as it progresses, everybody that's listening, I encourage you to do the same. Hallie, thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Trey, for having me on. This was a great conversation. Everybody
0: listening, I hope you enjoyed it. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed being on Trey's podcast. As always, if you enjoyed it, be sure to share it with someone you think it could help or even share it on social media and tag us at with W-I-T-H, Hallie, H-A-L-L-E-E. And if you're feeling extra inspired, give us a rating and review. It would mean the world to me and help our podcast community grow. And like I said in the beginning, definitely check out Trey's podcast. It's called All Sports Best, and all of his social links and stuff like that to check him out are in the show notes. So thank you so much for being here, and I'll catch you next time. Peace out,
2: pals.